What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is also the latest installments of the Locked On Blazers 2019-2020 season wrap-up. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at their season in Portland. Look at their performance this past season, review where they landed in terms of the best and worst case scenarios that I laid out way back when, a year ago, at the start of training camp in September of 2019, and finally we'll close the show looking ahead to the upcoming season and the role and expectations for the 2021 NBA season that's looking more and more like the 2021 NBA season. This is our seventh installment of the season wrap-up, so if you've missed any, check your podcast feed, start catching up today. This episode right here is all about one guy, Nazir Little. So let's look back at his 2019-2020 season here in this first segment. Little was the number 25 pick in the NBA draft, and he appeared in 48 of the Blazers' 74 regular season games, including five starts during his rookie season. He averaged 3.6 points and 2.3 rebounds in 11.9 minutes. Shot 43% from the floor and 23.7% from beyond the three-point line. That's 14 of 59, a small enough sample size that will give totals for Nazir. 14 made threes in 48 games. Nas made his NBA debut in the second game of the season when he came in for the final two minutes of a double-digit win over the Kings, got a little garbage-time debut, a classic way to start your rookie campaign in the NBA. And then another classic thing happened. He sat out the next six games, picking up DNPs. It's what rookies do. They spend a lot of time watching. But after those six games on the bench, Nazir Little became a regular part of the rotation on November 8th. And then he appeared in the next 17 games, including three starts from November 8th to December 10th. He was part of the plan for a month. And that stretch included three straight games of double figures at Houston, New Orleans, and Milwaukee, and his lone double-double this season when he had 12 points and 11 rebounds in a double-digit loss against the Pelicans in New Orleans. Following that run, Nazir Little missed four games with back spasms mid-December, and then he returned to the lineup on December 21st, where he played regular minutes but in a limited role until February. You'll remember by that time he returned in late December, Carmel Anthony was now fully entrenched in the starting lineup, and there were just less minutes for Nazir Little to get at power forward, and frankly, the Blazers were uh, didn't like to play either of those two gentlemen at small forward, so Nazir Little's minutes were naturally going to be limited once he returned. But he still played in that limited role, and regularly, basically until February, when he rolled his left ankle and he missed five games leading into the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, he was a limited but regular contributor again, appearing in nine of the Blazers' final ten games before the hiatus in March. However, Nazir Little's season did not really restart in the way many of his teammates did. Nazir Little took a bad spill at practice on July 20th during the Orlando restart training camp. The Blazers had arrived in Orlando on July 9th. They had a 48-hour quarantine period before beginning what would be a little two-week minicamp. And about 10 days into that two-week minicamp, Nazir Little took a, took, you know, we don't have, we don't know how exactly how it happened, but what sounds like a pretty bad spill at practice. And he was diagnosed with a concussion. And he was held out for another week and finally cleared to play three days before the Blazers' first game in the restart in the seeding games on July 28th. 
But unsurprisingly, he wasn't part of the short shortened rotation, the seeding games. The Blazers just pl- played their best players. They really tightened the rotation. They went down to, to eight or nine guys each night, basically eight guys with the ninth guy playing spot minutes here and there. And Nazir Little, no surprise, was not part of that nine-man group. And then on August 12th, in between the seventh and eighth seeding games, so sort of relatively deep into the process, uh, Little fainted at an optional practice. He went to a shooting practice one evening. He fainted while he's at practice. What the team called a syncopal episode. I believe that is the technical term for when someone faints or passes out. And he was ruled out for the remainder of the games when he was, as he was diagnosed with dehydration. The team wanted to closely monitor him and take an understandably cautious approach. So Little remained with the team, but he never appeared in any games after March 10th. His rookie season ended somewhat unceremoniously. I don't think he would have been part of the plan. Like, I don't think he would have played in the seeding games. But by the time they got to the playoffs, the Blazers were just grasping at anything to slow down LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You know, Wenyon Gabriel got got those a spot start and got some, you know, real minutes and a chance to maybe this guy can slow down AD. I think we would have seen Nazir Little in the maybe this guy can slow down AD pick him. Um, he couldn't have been much further behind Wenyon in sort of his what he could contribute. I don't mean to suggest anything beyond that Nazir would have likely gotten a small chance to get roasted by LeBron James. That's how year one ended for Nazir Little. He was a regular but limited contributor. He probably played more minutes than you would have guessed for an, for a Blazers rookie, just based on how they've treated rookies in the past. But he never had those a breakout game or one of those big scoring nights where you kind of saw his potential. He certainly flashed his athletic ability. Over the course of the year, I think he improved on his the way his jump shot looked, even if they didn't go in very regularly. But the Blazers have had plenty of rookies that have had these sort of incomplete type first years in the league. And then they've gone on to be, you know, re- pretty regular contributors later into their career. I don't think there's any reason to read into what Nas did in year one, other than that he looks, he has an NBA frame and occasionally he looks like the best athlete on the floor, even as a 19 and 20 year old. We'll talk about what his next steps are in the third segment. But in segment number two, I want to go back to September 2019 when he was heading into his rookie season, his first NBA training camp, and I did the best and worst case scenarios for every player on the roster. In the second segment, we'll revisit those for Nazir Little and find out where he landed based on the artificial polls that I laid out for him about a year ago. All right. So we talked Nazir Little's 2019-2020 season, a rookie year cut short by first a global pandemic and then officially by injury. Kind of an unceremonious end to a year that had some flashes where you thought, hey, maybe this young guy can be a contributor and some moments where it was obvious that he needed a little more seasoning. But I want to turn it back even further right now, all the way back to September 2019, training camp of last year, when I did the best case and worst case scenarios for all the guys on the roster at the time. And I want to hear what Michael from the past thought about the sort of potential outcomes that were on the table for Nas a year ago, heading into year one. The best case scenario for Nazir Little is that the NBA game fits his skill set better. And with more space, he has more room to attack and do what he does best. The best case for Nazir Little is that he's not only dressed in every game this season, but that he challenges Rodney Hood and Kent Bazemore for playing time on the wing and is talented enough to create a roster crunch for Terry Stotts. 
the best case scenario is that Terry Stotts, when he puts together his lineup every night, has to try to figure out where can I fit Nazir Little in because he deserves to play, not because we want to play him. The best case for Nazir Little is also that with a clearly defined spot as a role player and not a maybe star, that he can settle into his strengths, develop as a spot-up shooter, while continuing to use his quickness and explosiveness to be a mismatch offensively. The best case scenario is that he isn't just a guy with an NBA frame as a teenager, but an NBA player very early in the season. The worst case scenario for Nazir Little is that he's just flat out not ready. Not that he's a bust or that he'd be a bust. And to be clear, these worst case scenarios are only about the 2019-2020 season anyway. But the worst case scenario is that Nazir Little spends 80 games watching from the end of the bench. He has to go suit shopping because most of his competitive basketball games come two hours prior to tip-off when end-of-the-bench players get a sweat in with assistant coaches. The worst-case scenario is that even his stints in the G League don't end up showing promise and that the concerns that other teams had on draft night ring truer in April than they did last July. The worst case for Nazir Little, to be clear, isn't that bad of a case. There's probably not a lot of guys anywhere that are ready to contribute to a playoff team in the NBA at age 19. So the worst case for Nazir Little, the sitting and watching, not being ready, not being an NBA player in year one, is actually a pretty familiar trope for a lot of the Blazers players of the past. I think it's pretty clear that Nazir Little didn't maybe achieve all of his uh best case scenario possibilities this was not a guy who who demanded to play and the Blazers absolutely had to find minutes for him there was a time when they did quite frankly prior to signing Carmelo Anthony he was the best power forward on the roster and that's with Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia still in the fold uh that's pretty damning for Mario and Tolliver but it does suggest that Nazir Little probably can grow into an NBA contributor. At least he showed flashes of it. Now, the Blazers weren't very good during those stretches. I remember specifically the game where they tasked him with guarding Pascal Siakam, which went really well until the final four minutes when the Raptors realized that a rookie was guarding Pascal Siakam and they force-fed him the ball on the block and Pascal went to work. Within a week, the Blazers had signed Carmelo Anthony. So I don't think you could say that Nazir Little hit his best case scenario. He wasn't someone who was too good to leave on the bench. He was someone who could contribute in small minutes. Uh, he was, he had plenty of negatives and plenty of positives. He's not much of a shooter and teams treated him like such. They just did not guard him on the perimeter. That's a big thing he'll have to work on. We'll talk about that in the third segment. He had some moments, some sort of uh, moments where he showed his athleticism and he had some moments where maybe he tried to just be more athletic than everyone else, despite not having his other skills tightened up. Not a great finisher, not a great ball handler, and just, uh, you know, power forward using the turbo button doesn't always work out against NBA-level athletes. But I don't think... I don't think Little hit totally to his worst-case scenario. I don't think he was unplayable and needing of seasoning. He was, like I said, at, at a very at a point when the roster was extremely limited, their best option at power forward. But the Blazers really didn't want to play him at small forward. They saw him as pretty much only a four. And he didn't have nights where he he never had that explosive night or that one explosive game where he said, wow, here's what Nas can do. There were certainly flashes of it, but they happened one possession, four possessions at a time, not 25, 28, 35 minutes of like, okay, this kid gets it and he can play. 
So he wasn't that unplayable rookie project that I think would have been the highlighted what his like real worst case scenario was. That's that's not what Nazir Little was. He was a not quite ready rookie who played in spot minutes. He landed right in between that first that worst case and best case scenarios. And folks, that's the reason I lay them out so I can trumpet when someone lands right in the middle and say I nailed it. So what you're hearing right now is me tooting my own horn. That had a real Nick Jr. feel to it. Listeners of a certain age will know what I'm talking about. So many rookies have followed this path for the Blazers that I just, I'm so slow to really judge them. You know, Zach Collins, who I think a lot of people think can be like a long-term NBA starter, didn't really look ready except for very small flashes his rookie year. And then he was thrown into the fire in the playoffs and now kind of looks like a real contributor. Will Barton didn't really play as a rookie. Alan Crabb did not play for his first two years. Pat Connaughton didn't play for his first two years. Jake Lehman, again, that first two years sitting and watching. All those dudes turned into rotational NBA players. Not stars. Not guys who are going to start on every team in the league, but dudes who can play. To me, nothing about Nazir Little's year one screams star or future all-star, but nothing about his year one would suggest that he's not a long-term NBA contributor. So speaking of long-term NBA contributor and what's next for Nazir Little, let's talk about year two in that third segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bilt Bar. You know Bilt Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like the can- a candy bar. It's the most delicious protein bar. There is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Like I said, it's got that candy bar texture. If you tried other protein bars, you know they can be kind of chalky and dry. That's not this. Bill Bar it just makes a delicious bar. And in addition to being yummy, coming in all the 18 flavors, covered in chocolate, they're also good for you and a wonderful option for the health conscious among us. They're low calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high in fiber. Sounds pretty good, right? You want to get your hands on some of these? Here's what you do. You go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's a promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still talking about Nazir Little. First segment we talked about is 2019-2020 season. An up-and-down rookie year where a handful of minor injuries and then one kind of scary neurological thing kept him out of the end of the season. And he also the fact that he turned 20 in February. He was young. Sometimes age keeps you out of the lineup. In the second segment, we revisited his best and worst-case scenarios. I think he landed squarely in between his best-case scenario, which would have been too good to bench, and his worst-case scenario is not good enough to ever play, as a guy who could play a little bit on a on a middling to bad team, but wasn't a total liability. When he was out there, you were never like, oh no, what is Nas doing? It was Some of that is because you just don't know what he's capable of, but also because the Blazers had worse options than him. Frankly, I think one of the best things you can say about Nazir Little is he rarely tried to do too much when he was out on the court. I think he understood what his role was. There was occasions when he'd maybe rush a jump shot he shouldn't take or uh, get into a spin move and try to just get past someone that he wasn't quick enough or strong enough or couldn't jump over like he'd maybe been used to in, in previous previous levels of basketball. 
he told me really early in camp that one of the things that he was that he had learned practicing against Blazers is that he couldn't practice against his Blazer teammates is that he couldn't just physically dominate everyone, which at the time like really stunned me. I was like, why did you come here and think that you could physically dominate NBA players? But then you saw him out there and there was flashes when he really was the most athletic player on the court or certain or if in the very least much more athletic, faster, stronger and able to jump higher than the person guarding him. So then I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, he really is that type of athlete where he could he could just try to physically dominate someone and not, you know, play within the boundaries of the plan or his own skill set. But what I want to touch on briefly to close the show is not sort of his limitations, but what is a reasonable role and expectations for Nazir Little in year two? Frankly, I don't think he has a regular role if everyone's healthy and the plan, things go according to plan. The Blazers are going to carve out minutes for Zach Collins at the four, assuming he can play. They've got Trevor Ariza and Rodney Hood locked into minutes at the three. If Mario Hazonia comes back, Nazir Little's going to have to leapfrog him to play. Now, that might not be that hard, but it's at least another veteran ahead of him. And if Carmelo Anthony signs on like he said he wants to do, then the Blazers are relatively full in terms of like minutes at the spots where Nazir Little is likely to play, the three and the four. Now, those aren't uh, brilliant options by any means, but there's certainly guys who are better than him at basketball than he is right now. So I'm, I kind of think year two is another developmental year, and without injuries, he's likely to spend a lot of time watching. I don't mean that as an indictment of him. Like I've mentioned several times, the, the Blazers have had young guys follow this path. If you don't play for the first two seasons, it, it doesn't mean the Blazers have given up on you. In fact, it might mean that they are putting you in the little player development incubator and they really believe in you in year three. Nazir Little is entering year two of his contract. The Blazers, before the season will start, will have a chance to exercise year three and they can keep him around for year four if they want. That's how rookie deals work. There is no rush. They control his, his rights for three more seasons to, to get him in and the lineup and see what you have because the Blazers frankly don't believe in that. They believe they can find out what they have behind the scenes and then figure it out when they throw you into the fire in year three. But my expectations for Nazir Little is that he improves at the things the Blazers need to specifically have him improve at. And for me, that is jump shooting. Now, I think there's other things like he could become a better team defender, but that's hard to work on. That's more of an experience type thing. He could become a better rebounder. Again, that's not while you can get stronger and smarter in the offseason, it's hard to do uh, rebounding drills that simulate five-on-five five NBA basketball. He needs to play, and this offseason is going to be a little bit weird in which that pickup games aren't maybe aren't going to happen as regularly. Now, they'll still happen. I, I'm not naive enough to think they won't. there won't be regular private pickup games with NBA players, but it won't be as, perhaps it won't be as easy to get into as it had been in the past. That's a That's just a limitation of our current world. But Nazir Little has to improve as a three-point shooter. As I mentioned in that first segment, he was 14 of 59 from three this year. And now you say, hey, small sample size, you know, he can get better. He improved his shot by the end of the year. The Blazers wanted him to get more arc on it, and he certainly tried to do that. It looked prettier by the end of the season. It didn't go in super regularly, but he made a handful more shots. Um, and, and again, they just it just looked nicer coming out of his hand. That's not super important, but it is a meaningful thing and something that he acknowledged that they had worked on his form. However, in his rookie year at UNC, Zerlittle was 14 of 52 from three. It's kind of the shooter he is. He's kind of like a 25% three-point shooter. He has to improve there to play. 
Now, I don't I don't have big expectations for him as a big minute contributor. I don't see a role for him as a big minute contributor. But if he is going to be a spot minute player or someone who is a break the glass emergency, we really need help for five minutes, five games, three weeks, whatever it is. He has to become a, a 30, a low 30s three point shooter. He doesn't have to become a league average three-point shooter to stick. I think he can contribute by shooting in the low 30% from three, but that has to be there. I think Nazir Little has a path to being an NBA contributor. On a recent mailbag episode, a listener asked if I thought he was more Tory Craig or OG Ananobi. And I think those are really good uh, player comparisons for what I view Nazir Little as. Tory Craig, the sort of high-energy interested in defending but not lockdown defender wing for the Nuggets who plays three in the four and OG Ananobi a really good young player for the Raptors who at times looks like the fourth best player in a championship team both role players but OG Ananobi a high level game-changing role player on a championship team and Torrey Craig a useful energy part on a playoff team that's kind of where I see Nazir Little as he's either going to be a useful high energy guy as in a, in a Tory Craig role, or he's going to be a really high-level role player. I don't see him as a path to stardom. I don't see him as a future all-star, but I see him as somewhere landing between a good role player and a great role player. That path begins in year two, which sounds like it's going to start in January at the earliest, according to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who said in an interview with CNN this week that he can't see the season starting before 2021. So we might have to wait a little bit to see year two of Nazir Little and the rest of your fighting pinwheels. But in any case, as long as we're waiting for the season, we're going to keep doing these season wrap-ups. Got another one coming later this week. As always, we'll do Mailbag Monday at the beginning of every week. Tell your friends about these wrap-ups. They're evergreen. They're going to be useful all summer long. If you want to remember what happens last season with each guy on the roster and then look ahead, these player capsules I've created for you are a great way to jump in, get used to the podcast, get used to the format, and just get introduced to a little Mike G. Rich action on the microphone. Tell your friends they can get this podcast wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.